Hey, Rachel. Hey, Brian. So how was your week? It was terrible. I mean, not personally, but just this week in the world, in the news was horrific. Yeah, I hadn't, I, yeah I hadn't been watching a lot. I'd been Maybe I've been busy at work or something. But last night I had a little downtime. I turned on the news figure, it would, you know, catch me up and I wouldn't be too bad. But just, like, it was watched it awful. through your fingers. Yeah, <laughs> it was awful. I just had to turn it off after 20 minutes. It was awful. Yeah, well, luckily we're entering into a long weekend where we could celebrate our nation's most um, unambiguously <laughs> joyful holiday. Thanksgiving. You mean like the kickoff of the genocide and the yes. first of several genocides in our <laughs> well, nation's history? Yeah, well, we're having um, my family is doing a Friendsgiving this year and we're doing a, a indigenous themed Thanksgiving. The oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited okay. about it. Yeah. No okay. turkey. No turkey for us. Oh, is the turkey the signifier of the terribleness? No, the- no, no. It's just not delicious. We want more deliciousness. We're yeah, doing so a duck. Let's uh, let's have a duck and a brisket and all the good things. And yes. uh, let's go into some terrible things, though. This is Nope. The podcast where we shut it down. We're just a couple of New York Jews talking about the news, beating back the blues. Podcast and news why have to laugh so we don't cry. Come and join us for the ride. Welcome to No. Okay, Rachel. Well, uh, do you know what number episode this is? It's episode 180, and people, I cannot even believe it. No, when I people can't. ask me, like, oh, I've long... Most people who do a podcast, they do it for, like, a few months, and then it tapers off when they don't like the numbers, but our numbers just keep going up, and we kept going on Can't and on stop, and on. won't stop. No, like, and it's 180, and I don't know why that's a significant number. I mean, it's, like, two times 90 or three times 60, I guess. Ten but... times... Well, it's high, the Jewish oh, number yeah. for life, All right. you know, times 10. So yeah. it's, it's a very meaningful number. Um, 180 degrees, halfway around, you know, <laughs> right. the circle, the circle of life. <laughs> I hope I'm, well, I'm 51. I'll be 51 <laughs> next week. This probably is halfway around the circle of life for uh, me. Yeah, you you so... maybe have a little more to go. So anyway, and we're releasing this today early because we've gotten feedback in the recent years that people enjoy doing this while they're driving to wherever they're going on Thanksgiving. It's a nice way to sort of have some catharsis some topics to talk about with their family. Some, I was going to say some or non-controversial some topics to <laughs> avoid. I was going to say some non-controversial <laughs> topics, but maybe the opposite. But um, yeah. anyway, we accept this as our gift to you, as our Thanksgiving gift to you. Um, Rachel, anything interesting happened to you this week? Not really. I mean, as I was talking before about watching the news, I just feel like anyone who's living in the reality-based community, um, I was extremely horrified by the acquittal of Kyle Rittenhouse this week. But what really added insult to injury, just like rubbed salt in the wounds was the reaction of certain otherwise rational people who expressed hope that this 17 year old terrorist monster would somehow learn from his experience, like Chris Hayes, who I normally like, you know, the guy from MSNBC, he tweeted, honestly, hoping this kid takes the opportunity to turn his life around. And I mean, it's nice to hope, but I just kept seeing sentiments like this. He should not be the object of our hope. We have bigger things to hope about than the future of Kyle Rittenhouse. Let's be realistic. Let's be realistic (laughs) here. This person is a white supremacist monster terrorist who crossed state lines with an illegal weapon, murdered two people, injured a third, and was just given a free pass 
harassed by our corrupt racist justice system and far more likely than learning from the experience and turning his life around, he's going to be emboldened to kill other people with impunity, right? I mean, this is the likely outcome, no matter what Chris Hayes or anybody else hopes. And so it's like saying, I hope Elizabeth Holmes turns her life around and starts and a starts blood a testing great company. company. <laughs> yeah, starts a different blood testing company. That with this functional time. technology. It's just like <laughs> hope is not the answer, people. The cavalry is not coming. We are the ones we've been waiting for. Not hope. Nope. Right. <laughs> right. Sure. That we're not even up to the nopes yet. But on a similar note, I finally saw Dune. Oh my God, Dune! <laughs> I'm so jealous. I've tried so many times. No, to watch don't it. be jealous. Don't ever- be jealous. Okay, so here's my review. <laughs> here's my <laughs> review of Dune. So it finally, if you listen to the past few episodes, you know that there was an aborted attempt last week where it, uh, I waited for an hour and it didn't start due to daylight saving time, allegedly. <laughs> and you got free tickets. And I got and free, then tickets more free tickets. <laughs> for the, right. So we have many free tickets to movies that I don't want to see. However, I did see Dune this week with Doug. And um, it was four and a half. On the upside, it was four and a half hours of watching Timothée Chalamet's, you know. Um, That's how long it is? No, it's two and a half hours, but it felt okay. like four and a half. People like oh it flies by i'm like no it did not it did not fly by you know i'll have no problem watching netflix show binging three episodes of the circle or squid game for three hours but give me two and a half hours of dune i was like when is i was looking at my watch because it's all one giant thing between squid game episodes you can just like get up stretch have a drink like relax a little yeah you don't want to miss a second of this convoluted plot because like you you'll you'll be gone forever anyway the, the only good side about it is that i got to stare Timothée, who's in every single scene for two and a half hours. Very handsome young man. bird-like frame and his sulky demeanor. It was very, very, it it spoke volumes. (laughs) I don't know what it spoke volumes about. It spoke to you. But it was so confusing that Doug, who I think he read the books, he definitely saw the previous movie. We spent, we went to lunch afterwards. We saw a matinee. And then we spent another two and a half hours trying to figure out what the fuck happened in that movie. Um, and I got the big picture, like mm-hmm. I, like I got Sand Planet Spice. They're trying to get it, take it back from the other empire, and I just I I was lost. And it's uh, maybe just not for me. And yet somehow I'm going to go watch the second half of the Dune Chronicles whenever it comes out. But it's is it on HBO anymore? Because Josh was really going to kill me the other night because we've tried to watch it so many times and like it said 24 hours left to watch it on HBO Max and we oh. weren't sure like is it really ending? And I don't know. He was I like, only watched Succession and Curb. I mean that's all I And want. I was like should we watch the beginning of Dune again? He was like again you're totally going to fall asleep. <laughs> oh the other problem so many- is the reason I want to watch it again the only reason I would watch this movie again is that so I could watch it with subtitles because half the time they're whispering and there's a great score by Hans Zimmer but like you can't hear what they're saying I know and, and there's I all these obscure words understand. like it's like names of things in space that you're supposed to know and you don't know them it was not for me it was not for me I recognize the artistic merit I recognize Timothée Chalamet uh, and, and that's about it for me I'm done do you remember what the planet is called again what is it uh, called uh there's the Atreides, the House of Atreides. Yeah. And the, no, I don't remember anything. Okay. The, Hakani, okay. the Hakanians, the, <laughs> I, we are not, our listeners are not interested in this. Like, okay. either All they've right, seen Dune on. and they know it or they have it and they don't care. Let's move on to the nopes. Oh, I have the first nope this week. Uh, oh. Usually you, it's, 
Usually yeah. you do the political items and I do the silly items afterwards, but somehow I managed to take on the political items, the which we've been calling the dry heaves. But as I dug deep into this and doing the research for this, I realized I think we may be past the dry heaves, not in a good way. I think there may be actual voluminous vomit coming up again. Like, <laughs> like great. <laughs> Like I think there's there's beautiful like there's real substance coming Substancier. out. Substance here, yes, yeah. <laughs> right. So make for the toilet. I'm about to tell you some things that are not going to make you happy. So um, this I wasn't planning on talking about, but it just jumped out at me from the news in the last 24 hours. Do you know about this John F. Kennedy Jr. thing with QAnon? Have you heard about this? I heard that they think he's going to be on the ticket with Trump no, in 2024. That's, no, that's not, that... no, that's not quite it. That's not quite <laughs> it. So um, the QAnons have been gathering in Dallas at Dealey Plaza where John Well, they Kennedy... think he's alive, right? No, no, no. Where okay, I'm sorry. Don't. I'm jumping in. I'm just. <laughs> you can't contain yourself. The ceiling yeah. cannot hold me. <laughs> okay. So they've been gathering at Dealey Plaza for weeks. They've been camping out like they're like looking for tickets to a hot show. Um, and why have they been camping out? Because they believe that John F. Kennedy Jr., not John F. Kennedy the president, will return as their savior on uh -huh. the anniversary of JFK's assassination and he will usher in the new Trump presidency. Okay. And they actually think that JFK Jr. might be Q himself. Oh, okay. I hadn't heard that angle before. Um, and then they're attaching this savior narrative, not just to JFK Jr., but to also Princess Di, Michael Jackson, and Robin Williams. So oh. if, if any or all of those <laughs> return to life, at the site of the JFK assassination, we will know. We will know that Donald Trump is president. <laughs> Donald again. Trump will be president. That'll be the savior. Like this is like the the cult of like the golden calf. Like I don't. It know. doesn't make any sense. Well, None of, of these it narratives make any sense. But and, like, and there's usually like a kernel of truth or something that like make like I could understand the like international cabal of like child traffickers because that actually does exist right they misattribute you know? they misattributed it but there they're is, not all there is not child led by Hillary right? Clinton <laughs> but <laughs> but it is that I mean it but does she is a, a human who is alive and sex trafficking is a thing that exists, so it's a misconstrued con connection between those two. But they're right. they're with this savior thing. They're defying the laws of of physics here. Of this physics is and biology. Yeah, there's and it's biology, history, every everything. <laughs> there's no evidence that this will happen. There's evidence-free <laughs> beliefs. There's and, yeah, and every time it doesn't happen, they just keep like changing the goalposts. Yeah, saying, it's like oh, the Mayan up Mayan apocalypse of 2012, or the Mercury in retrograde, or whatever that shit is, right? Exactly. And, so... th and then just when you think that the QAnon thing is receding under the weight of its own irrationality, I saw this little tally. There are 45 QAnon candidates running for Congress this year. Eight of them, eight people running for governor and countless numbers of people running for state legislatures. And some of them are going to get in. Some yep. of them will bite. Well, we, they already are in. Marjorie They're, Taylor Greene is in. 
but their their ranks are swelling like they're going to yeah. have a caucus. No, this a... is the this is the Republican Party now. This yeah. is who it is. Say like, all you want about the squad. We may differ. I'm not a fan. But like this is the squad is much better than this nonsense like this. Oh, is... my God. It's not. This is the thing like, you know, in both sides, journalism, they would like pit those two things against each other. Like on one side, there's the squad. On the other side, there's QAnon. It's like <laughs> that, no. that is a false equivalency. <laughs> <laughs> Right. As much as I dislike Ilhan Omar, she is not Marjorie Marjorie Taylor Greene. Like, I no, will, she I is like a brilliant person. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, so anyway. let's move on. There, I want to talk about a more mainstream political fight. So there's this whole thing about the fact that Trump is endorsing candidates, you know, in all kinds of random things. Whoever catches his attention, or um, whoever who, pisses him off, he's just going to run in and endorse a primary that's challenger. Right. And there was the Re- Republican governors' convention this week, and they're if all. Arizona, right? Yeah, they're all shitting because like their whole thing, they're like establishmentarians. Like they want to endorse, they've made it clear they're going to endorse sitting Republican governors and incumbents, anyone, of and course. Incumbents. That's what they That's right. Right. So that then and they're also allegedly loyal to Trump, but then there's going to be these cases where he's going to endorse their primary challengers and they're going to be betwixt in between. It's good for Democrats. I mean, it's, I hate to say it, but like don't hate to that. say it. I love to say it. It's wonderful <laughs> for Democrats. So let's go to one of the more mainstream races here to see like how this might be playing out. So let's go to Pennsylvania, where there's going to be an open Senate seat that the Democrats actually have a chance of a pickup, which might actually be our salvation in a 50-50 Senate where God knows what's actually going to happen. So we've got right. this guy, Sean Parnell, who uh-huh. has been the front runner forever. He was endorsed by Trump. <clears throat> Um, And then over the last few weeks, months, whatever, there have been credible allegations um, that he is a a wife and child abuser. Right. So his wife accused him of this is choking her, throwing chairs at her, pinning her down, calling her a whore and a piece of shit. And she had to bite him to stop him from strangling her. These Sounds- things are all prerequisites to get a Trump endorsement. <laughs> right, right. They're vetted. They're vetted. They have to fill out a questionnaire, which please check all that apply. <laughs> Only the best people. Choking, throwing, pinning. <laughs> he also hit his kids and slam a closet door in their face. That's- and then finally this week, a judge, he lost custody of his kids and he decided that was the final straw. And so he dropped he, out. He suspended. Well, they never drop out. He suspended oh, well, he his, camp, his, his campaign, yeah. like whatever that means. That means he doesn't like give up his war chest or he gets to donate uh-huh. it to someone else or something. So apparently what happened is that Trump, once these uh, allegations came out, he was obsessing over it, as Trump does about these things. And of course, because he can't because he had endorsed this guy and he can't accept responsibility for anything. So who did he blame? He blamed Don Jr., Who's oh really? A friend I didn't of hear Sean this. Parnell's. Oh. I'm hot, hot breaking news here um, <laughs> that I stole Don from. Junior. So that how, I stole from Politico. How, did, how was Don Junior involved? Don Don was a friend of Sean Parnell and pressed for the endorsement, and then when it oh. all backfired, of course, Don uh, Donald Trump can't take responsibility for anything, so he blamed his own son and threw him under the bus. Um, okay. So what then is the the fate of the Pennsylvania Senate race? Well. Number 
number two, the savior that they were waiting for is this guy, David McCormick, who is the head of Bridgewater Associates, a hedge fund, which is like psycho in its own way. And so he was going to be the savior. And then there was a news report that he closed a U.S. factory because, of course, he's all the Republicans have to be like nationalistic, like don't send any jobs abroad. Um, he closed a U.S. factory that had 500 employees. He promptly flew to India and opened up an identical um, headquarters there. So mm -hmm. suddenly he's out of the running. So what's their plan C? <laughs> Their plan oh, no, C, I don't even... <laughs> you know, you know, we, <laughs> we tease this. Their plan C, who could possibly be a great senator for Pennsylvania, the great state of Pennsylvania, is Dr. Oz. Oh, no. <laughs> He's going to run on the Republican ticket? Yes, yes. Oh. Who is like the number one, like quackery. Ponzi like, schemer, multi-level marketing. Yeah, he's right. the worst. He is the worst. He's the worst. Snake and oil salesman from yes. hell. We yeah. can keep, I love all these synonyms for what <laughs> Dr. Oz is. Let's keep going. <laughs> He's the worst. He's a huckster. He's a huckster and a, and a yuckster. And a, and a charlatan. <laughs> I would say shyster, but we're two Jews here, so we can't say that. But he's that, too. So yeah. um, anyway, so that's what's going to happen in the Pennsylvania race. I predict that Dr. Oz will be the standard bearer for the GOP. Let's move down to Texas now. So Beto O'Rourke is taking another stab at office. He's going to run against uh, Governor Greg Abbott, who's like the Antichrist there, and has single-handedly responded for so many deaths, uh, tragically, in the COVID crisis. Uh, and deaths to come this winter. Which... happening happening in progress right now. And who is going to save Texas? None other than Matthew McConaughey, the Oscar-winning actor. Oh, God. And Give someone an Oscar and they think that they can. It's like giving someone a billion dollars. They think they're an architect. Give someone an Oscar. They think they, they can think be they're governor. an astronaut. They think they're an astronaut. <laughs> so he's believe it or not, he's leading in the polls. Uh, he is leading. We don't know if he's going to run in the Democratic or Republican ticket or as an independent. He's beating Abbott in the polls by 43 to 35. He's beating Beto in the polls even more by 49 to 27 percent. He's very attractive. He's, he's an very attractive of human being but he's also a weirdo so <laughs> yes wasn't like, he like naked playing the bongos like he's a like, naked he's a naked bongo player which by itself should be a disqualification think, for no public i office. think it's i think that's great i think for me that's a qualification that's, okay that's on the pro side i won't say there's no record that he's actually an anti-vaxxer but he gave this weird interview uh with uh aaron ross sorkin i think when he was asked about andrew like, Ross Sorkin, yeah. Aaron Ross. Aaron yeah, Ross you said Sorkin. Aaron. Yeah, Andrew. Oh, sorry, so correctly, it's a podcast. <laughs> I said the wrong guy. <laughs> so he was asked about like vaccine mandates, and he was against vaccine mandates for kids. And then he backpedaled and he said that over twelve is fine, but he's against five to eleven, and he's not a, like so. To which I say he's not a scientist. How is he to he's make? He's doing that his own research. He's, doing, he's our world's <laughs> finest immunologist and epidemiologist. And then there's this weird thing that surfaced from the summer where he like was it a football he was like leading the entertainment at a football game and he made this rant where he's like let's remember that we're babies as a country we're basically going through puberty as a country 
like the fact oh, that we're no, like I don't like that country. metaphor. No, like we're a puberty a country of puberty. <laughs> like no, like no, just no, no. Okay, no, but these okay. all sound like gems compared to the next person I'm about to tell you about. I know okay. I've gone on too long, but this is worth it. Her name is. Have you heard the name Christina Caramo? No. Okay. She's a podcaster. She is a occasional Fox News contributor. She is running for Michigan Secretary of State, which is an important role, even though it doesn't sound so, because it runs yeah, the well, election. Yeah, because it's a swing state, and they want to. She runs the elections, right? Yeah. Um, so she has been endorsed by Trump. She's in the fundraising lead. She looks likely to be able to win the nomination, and she is certifiably fucking crazy. So she's <laughs> she is a part-time. Here's her job. She's a part-time adjunct professor at Wayne County Community College. She okay. has a master's degree in something called Christian apologetics. <laughs> what? <laughs> Christian apologetics, but the degree is from the very prestigious Biola University. Bio is that like Loyola's cousin? It's like Loyola's biology cousin. <laughs> but they only have degrees in Christian apologetics. But she won raves reviews there in her academic career. They had a professor who said she was a joy to have in class, which is like an anodyne thing that you say on a college recommendation when you don't have anything else to say. You say that that's what teachers say about kindergartners. They're joy to have <laughs> joy in to have class. class, right? <laughs> Satisfactory potty skills. Joy to have in class. <laughs> She's great. She has great potty skills. Um, so, and she just spoke at a QAnon conference, which was called in Las Vegas, called Forgotten Country Patriot Double Down. And it was organized by John Sabal, who's also known as QAnon John, who advocates for an, a military mutiny. And when asked about why she spoke at oh, that conference, she claimed that she didn't know what it was. She didn't know what a QAnon conference, that it was a QAnon conference. Um, but here's some of her statements, both from that okay. conference and from prior. She says that Democrats have been taken over by a satanic agenda. She said our schools have turned into government indoctrination camps and you're forced to have your child exposed to types of unbridled wickedness. I love but wickedness. Wait, but isn't that like what school is? Like school is supposed to be a government to like... <laughs> indoctrination camp of wickedness. She says, uh, there's no such thing as a person with two mommies and two daddies. That's just factually incorrect. No, it's the parent and their homosexual lover. Evolution is one of the biggest frauds that have ever been perpetrated on us. And when we normalize people- Evolution? Yes, evolution. <laughs> I thought we, I thought that was settled science. Thought... <laughs> okay. Okay. okay and uh, when we normalize people fornicating and we normalize people living together with their boyfriends and girlfriends and all that stuff, we open a door for us to get to the point where we have people who want to normalize pedophilia. Okay, so this is basically what the Christian apologetics degree is in. <laughs> well, I don't know what, I, I mean, I don't if know, you just like, parse that, like, are they apologists for Christianity? I think they're, spe I did look it up. They're specialists in rebutting um, uh, uh, people who are against Christianity. So she's right. obviously so using her is. rhetorical skills, but she's not winning any converts with that kind of statement. No, Like uh, she's no. preaching to the choir, which is the antithesis of Christian, uh, Christian ap apologetics, which means and she's she going to be the secretary of state of Michigan, this which is means she be terrible. is. And worst of all, she was not a joy to have in class. She's not a joy to have in our class. She's not a joy to have in class or government or on the street. She no, 
she's terrible. No. She's so no, anyway, no. that whole long thing, nope to all of it. Nope to nope all to those all insaniacs. It. I'm glad it was a little grab bag. We had we need to as the a grab uh, bag of insaniacs. We have to keep our eyes open because this is happening. This it's is a disaster. In plain it's a sight. slow motion disaster. And don't pretend you didn't know because it's happening here. And if you listen to this podcast, you knew it before everyone else knew it. If you don't know, now you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Rachel, let's go to yours. So um okay, and so we are in the midst of um, a climate crisis, uh, as we've talked about a lot. And this week, there was a new scientific study that came out seeking to answer the question why some men choose not to recycle. Oh, I didn't and know men were choosing. Answer, I didn't know men were choosing not to recycle. I didn't know that was a gender behavior. Okay. Keep going, exactly. Yeah. Right. So the answer as to why they are not recycling is that they're worried that people will think that they are gay. Oh, and <laughs> is, is that a gay, <laughs> gay activity? I, I mean, this is there are so many questions. The first of which is why do people think that wanting to save the earth has any correlation at all to sexuality that's the first question is i mean is it because we call the earth mother earth and then it's like oh i didn't feminine? even think of that i don't know like maybe uh, i'm giving a shit about anything maybe it's a bro thing to not give a shit like I, I i don't know i don't know and also like why if it is a thing that is feminine why would you think that someone would be gay because of it and why is it so bad to be perceived as gay. I think I know the answer to that question, which is <laughs> does not make it any less depressing. Heteronormative. Think about in right, this through the day ages. And age. Yes. Yeah. So um, so the metho- methodology of the study, w- which was led by psychologists at Penn State, is also very confusing, but I'm going to try to explain it. Okay. So scientists looked into whether engaging in pro-environment activities like recycling was seen as feminine or masculine, and they found that it was perceived as feminine. Certain things were perceived as feminine, like... Um, buying a reusable mug or turning off the air conditioning in the <laughs> turning summer. Turning off the air conditioning. <laughs> but like caulking your windows was seen as a masculine activity. Oh, because that's like handiwork. That's like handiwork. a man's work. <laughs> right. So nothing's more manly than caulking your windows. <laughs> what about that- showers? I feel like showers are more feminine. <laughs> Using baths are, are more Caulk- masculine? No, caulking the shower. Caulking oh, caulking the, the shower. Right, because it implies like, it like depends soaking, what you're caulking. soaking in a bath with candles and scented, whatever. Like that's a very feminine thing. So maybe caulking the bathtub in which you do those things is feminine. I don't know. So maybe like if you want to, if you're like a really masculine guy and you want to take a bath with candles, you're like, oh, that's the gayest. Caulk. That's the gayest thing on earth. <laughs> first, I'll <laughs> caulk and then I'll bathe. <laughs> caulk. So okay. So anyway. Um, There were these, so these studies involved 960 participants. The researchers looked at the perception of men and women engaging in feminine and masculine deemed behaviors, like shopping with a reusable bag was seen as a feminine behavior. And as I said, caulking windows is a masculine behavior. (laughs) (laughs) And during, during the first two studies, participants, they read a fictional summary of what 
a person did that day, which included pro-environmental behaviors. And then they rated on a 10 point scale, whether the person had masculine or feminine energy and guessed their sexual orientation. So the results suggested that when people did activities that conformed to their gender and the environment, they were seen as heterosexual. And then when they did those behaviors that did not conform to their gender, which is all very confusing. Um, all the people were rated as more feminine than masculine, regardless of the different behaviors, because we're talking about environmentalism and that mm. in itself was more feminine. So then in the third study, this is the real <laughs> There's one. There's a lot, is, a whole suite a, of studies here. <laughs> the researchers looked at whether people avoided others in the room depending on their environmental behavior preferences. This is that's like a, a very, very like strange... that's like the second derivative of like your actual beliefs and behaviors. That's like does very... that ever happen? Does someone avoid someone because they cocked their windows? Because it's like a woman who cocked their windows or a man who used a reusable I bag. hear he's a cocker. Well what should he cock? The windows of the bath. Well I... I hear he left the air conditioning on. Ooh, can I get his number? <laughs> so I don't know. I, I don't know about this study. It's no, all. It's I all saw. Enough. I saw something. I I was like a Buzzfeed list of like things that straight men are scared of because it makes them seem gay. And one of them. So they said it's okay for men to go to a bar together because obviously that's what men do. But if men go to dinner together and sit at a table and eat food, that's gay. So, well, especially if they sit side by side. Oh, no, that's that's gay no matter what. <laughs> that's that's that I endorse. Like... <laughs> you might as well be like grabbing each that's other. That's a gay wedding, table. right? That's, <laughs> that's, that's called the dais at a gay wedding. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't happen. I mean, I don't think anyone should do that unless you're like in Italy. Um, okay. that's the only place that's acceptable everywhere else. Like I go to some nice restaurants and they they ask us, Doug and me, like, and I don't, I never thought that it was a gay thing. Do you want to sit across from each other or side by side? I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? What am I have some monster, like some Italian monster? No, I want to sit across well, side by side. What am I supposed no. to do? Like turn around to talk to him? Like, no, that's disgusting. Well, no, that's disgusting. <laughs> no. So, it's, so, it's an abomination is what yes, that is. Yeah. yeah against yeah. nature. Yeah. So. Uh, so yes, going to a bar with your buddies is okay. Going and having dinner with those same people. I wonder how much like food you're allowed to order. Like if you go to a bar and you order like nachos and wings, I'm guessing that's straight. But if you sit at a table and order like, you know, a proper meal. An that's, entree, then that's, that's gay. gay. Right. So the so entree is the gay threshold. I think. <laughs> right. But but doesn't it also depend like which entree and like where it's being ordered? Like at a sports bar. Yeah. Or arguably, a steakhouse a steakhouse. Steakhouse, you can have your steaks, right. But if you go but, to a French uh, like bistro a... and someone has a frise salad and then someone else and has duck a, confit. A duck confit, uh... that's the gayest thing on earth, right? Like just <laughs> call up the grinder, they're ready to go. So okay, nope to this nope. research, nope the pseudoscientific study. research. I don't know whether nope. the worst is the research or the people who are the Or the conclusions. The I don't know. It's like we can't decouple. <laughs> They're one and the same. Okay, nope. So uh, let's get to the opsies. A little raise the light, a little beacon. So I hope that got us through the week, Rachel. I would be honored if you would start. 
Yeah, sure. My yep this week um, goes to season 11 of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, too on easy. HBO Max. Too I know easy. it's so easy, but like, honestly, this week was so hard and it did make me laugh so hard. I was like snorting like that is like when it's, you know, uh, how it, do you how is, do you get to season 11 of anything? And it's as good, if not better than ever. Like it's been on like last season and this season. Last season was uh, Mocha Joe's and uh, Latte Larry's, right? Right, the Spite Store and the Spite and Stores. This, yeah, and now it's just like there's a lot of drama with um, lying a- about animals. Angel Muffin, <laughs> Angel, Angel Muffin, Muffin. <laughs> Susie. Susie is at the top of her game. Oh my God! Yes, top of her game when she's like, "We don't know a fucking cow." Like <laughs> <laughs> Larry. Larry, we don't know a fucking, we don't know a farm, we don't know a cow. Like we live so, in Sydney, we live in LA. We're Jews in LA. Okay, that's uh, I so fully endorse that uh, that yup. Um, Larry is, plus pandemic is just gold. Perfect, right? it's perfect. Yeah, Comedy yeah. gold, Larry. Yeah. Comedy gold. So mine is a little less uh, uproariously funny, but. Uh, I was able, lucky enough, to go to the uh, the finale of the uh, New York City Documentary Film Festival, which is the largest in the uh-huh. com- country. And I saw a documentary film by Nat Geo called The First Wave. That's uh-huh. in theaters briefly, and it's going to be on Hulu December 5th. And it's about the first wave, March, April, May of 2020, at one of the hardest hit hospitals in the country, which was in Queens, LIJ, which is the hospital where I was born. And, oh, yeah, uh, me too. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. I wonder if I knew you then, except years <laughs> apart, years <laughs> apart. But um, it was incredible. They followed the doctors and the first responders and the patients, some of whom died, some of whom lived. It's. I was worried. I didn't want to even see it because I was worried it would be so depressing. But in fact, of course, in the hands of capable documentary filmmakers, it was both depressing they and They find uplifting. the life in it. Yeah, of they course. find the character. Yeah. And then, and then there was a discussion with the director and some of the people afterwards. And the main doctor was there. But when the, the patients who survived came out, it was just you cried. You cried. It was incredible. They were there they in were the there. screen. They actually yeah. came, and there was a party afterwards at uh, Tavern on the Green, and I got to talk to some of them. Um, uh-huh. And it was actually, actually, one of the guys who was the star of the show. I talked to him about Josh, um, about how traumatic it was. I mean, he was yeah. on death's door, and it was, uh, it was really hard to watch, but it was really amazing to see this guy dancing. I don't know if I could party. watch it honestly. No, like it's, it just it's very hard. too real, it's too very, real. It's very, very yeah. hard. But I do recommend it if you can take that kind of thing. It's on Hulu, like I said, starting in a couple of weeks. Um, and uh, I think you watch it. I think it's going to win the Oscar for uh, Best Documentary. Well, that's great. And we should remember, you know, these people who saved all these lives. This and, is the like, first version you know? of history, right? I mean, it's yeah. so easy to forget. We're still traumatized by all of it. But uh, it's good that there's people who had access to this and humanized it. And it wasn't just body counts. It wasn't just, totally. You know, I numbers. think about the lead doctor who is managing Josh's case like every day yeah 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 there so it was all the heroes yeah yeah, absolutely so anyway on that uh i guess positive note right uh so uh yeah that's uh all we have for this week uh thank you so much for listening to this podcast we really when we give thanks 
Rachel, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful and, for you as well. And I'm and thankful to everyone who listens to this podcast. Yeah, because, thanks for sticking with us. I mean, 180 episodes. Yeah, you don't have easy. to. You have other like, things to do with your time, right? Like put it on the subway, in the car, whatever when you're doing your housework. You don't have work. to listen to us. There's so many different podcasts to no, listen to. No, like, true crime. Yet, everyone loves the true crime, but you want to listen to us. And we really, really do appreciate that. So thank you. If that is the case for you, if you've made it this far in the podcast, you probably is please uh rate review and subscribe apple podcast give us a five and a little review we really appreciate it terrible week really enjoyed uh recording this podcast for you this has been nope the podcast where we shut it down